You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Tales from the Bar Side. I'm your host, Remy. This is my lovely co-host, Lauren. Hi. And this is my good friend, Chrissy. Hi. Hi. Now, we met almost a year ago, almost exactly a year ago, because it was end of October when I hired in at uh, PBS, the old Punchbowl Social. Punchbowl. And Chrissy was one of my trainers, and she was my favorite trainer. She was awesome. And we've been meaning to have you on the podcast for so long. So thank you so much for making time for us tonight. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm glad we finally got a chance to connect, you know. Absolutely. Time, but, you know, we're here now. So so now I have no idea if Punchbowl ever opened back up or if they're going to have a Detroit store. Are you affiliated with them at all anymore? So I have a love-hate relationship with them. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, you know, I was a part, part of their corporate team for a little while and um, I helped them travel or I traveled and helped them open up stores. So, you know, I'm not affiliated with them no longer as far as like working for the company. I um, I just pretty much never came back after I had my daughter. Yeah. So, um, um, but they are reopening from what I understand, but they have a lot of going on in corporate. So the, the CEO of the company resigned. I don't even know how that yeah. happened. Okay. But, yeah, right. I'm like, you own this the company and you resign. So well he, he didn't own he owned the majority share. He owned like uh fifty one percent, something like that. So um but he resigned and I guess they're looking for someone to take his place or fill his shoes. But in the meantime, they've been slowly but surely opening up each store and there are rumors that um the Detroit location will be opening up very soon. And they they did do like a, a pretty much a whole massive rehire. Like the majority of people who used to work for them don't work for them any longer. Right. Um, and like their whole training team is pretty much going to each store and like teaching them, you know, showing a, a new staff the ropes. So awesome! All the all the stuff, all the goofy little tricks of the trade that they had for us to learn. It was quite an intense training process. I remember mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, yeah. it's not the kind of place where it matters how long you've bartended before. Like you have to do their training program. It's corporate structured kind of thing, which is not my favorite uh, kind of place to work for, you know, but whatever uh, I've done it. And uh, it was cool. And I got to meet a lot of great people, including you. So it was worth it. Yeah. For Punchbowl for what it was. Um, Detroit store was definitely different from the ones that are the one that was in DC. Um, you know, it was definitely like a learning curve for sure. Um, but yeah, I appreciate it for what it was. You know, I wish them all the best. I will never work for them again. I'll say that. Heard. That's a herd. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I think that's my last corporate job ever, too. Like as far as that's bars and restaurants go. Yeah, as far as bars go. I don't you know, and I, I should have known I should have known better because I worked for Bar Louis for about four or five years. Yep. And I should have known and I, I didn't like it then. I don't know why I thought. I don't know. You just you, you think like you're gonna work your way at the ladder somehow, and then things will yeah. fall in hands. And so, I mean, well, it, it happens, but you know, they suckered me in because they were like, uh, "We're hiring managers," and I was like, "Oh, I could go manage that place. That would be cool, you know." Like, I go in and just just skip the whole rigmarole of working my way up the ladder and just jump in. And then I interviewed, and it was like, "Oh no, 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 that's not how we do it. Like, you're gonna be a bartender," and I was like, "Oh." Okay. Well, there's some good money to be made. It's holiday season, you know, maybe to work out and 
And I was like, and no, I hate it. <laughs> putting out job ads out there saying that they're looking for management. Yep. So it's a sneaky little trick that a lot of corporate places do. You know, they're like, oh, you've got management experience and stuff. We don't care. Like, come and be a grunt. Like I saw a bartending position for $15 an hour, but you didn't get tips. And I was like, oh, whatever. At least I get $15 an hour. You know, and then I like went in and they were like, actually, we start, <laughs> we do like $10 an hour. And then every year we give you 50 cents more and it caps off at 15. And I'm like, yeah, no, <laughs> man, yeah. the way I mean, everyone's looking for a job right now. And I'm so I've been like hunting on Indeed pretty much for the perfect job. And there are all these positions that are like essentially like sales positions, but purely like no salary you know, or, and all commission and they, they get you in by like, Oh, management training. Oh, you're going to make 80,000 a year. But like, we all know, like you go into a sales job the first year without any salary, you know, you're probably going to make like $20,000 or something. If that you're lucky if you get that. If you so make you it to point where they that. are giving you actual money, they're not jumping right up to 80,000. No, absolutely not. That's like the cap at like six years or something. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I feel your pain, you know, like they, cause I've gotten a lot of that and it's crazy whenever I get jobs that are like hounding me, like they're calling me like, Hey, we saw you put your application in. Where are you? Blah, blah, blah. Like, okay. I know this is some bullshit, you yeah. know, like I'm not even <laughs> going to bother you. And indeed has been kind of doing people dirty. And in a sense, like, because your, your, your resume can be out there for the public to see, you have all these random companies that'll call you and stuff or like email you. And then I'm like, okay, so what position did I apply for? And then that's when they stop responding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I remember my first experiences with that. And it was like, oh, you know, I was, I was in my late teens, early twenties. And it's like, you know, get a, get a good jump on life and be a, be a salesman and all this kind of stuff. And then you show up and it's like, you're going door to door, like trying to sell coupon packages for pizza and shit. And you're like, right. what, what? You know, right. and they, you they don't tell you what you're them. doing. They don't tell you what you're doing until you're in the van driving to a neighborhood, you know, and then it's like, well, if you want to quit now, go ahead. But like, we're in the van so you can walk around with us for five hours and do this or call a buddy to get you a ride. Or uh, the other one was uh, selling knives for cut. (laughs) No, or whatever, too. Yeah, vacuum cleaners and door to door (laughs) salesman kind of stuff. And you're like, you learn to look for that shady kind of stuff. Like, you know, there's certain no, words that they use and phrases and you're like, man, this could be some bullshit. <laughs> I mean, you know, everyone's like got to, you got to do the job. Someone's got to do the job, right? Right. It's yeah, like right. you're getting stuck in a pyramid scheme only like you live Ugh. it day to day and you can't just do it from home and eventually yep. stop doing it. Right. Um, the job search is like, it's real out here. Like I'm kind of over bartending, to be honest. I mean, I'd never say never. You never know what, what life will send you, you know, but I've been bartending for like 10 years. And I'm like, I'm just so over the bullshit and the hustle. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's just kind of like just trying to find the right fit for myself right now. It's really, really tough. The job market is just like, it's shit. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, then you have to worry about, well, do I want a job where I'm working with the public? You know, if mm. everybody can come in and take off their mask, like, I don't want to work in a job like that. I'm sorry. Right. Like COVID is real and scary and I'm not trying to get it because somebody wants to go out and, you know, have a couple of drinks and, and hang out with their friends. And it's like, as soon as they sit down, they act like they're safe and they can take their mask off. 
I, I got a job at a, at a cool little bar in Plymouth over the summer. And I went to one training and was like, nope, nope, nope. I can't do it. I can't do it. Sorry. Like that's what COVID's over. I'm not going back to serving the public. Right. No, it makes people aren't, people aren't behaving. I mean, I see pictures of people at nightclubs and stuff and it's just like, there's nobody wearing masks. They don't give a fuck. They're just like all over each other. Like it's not even a pandemic out here. And I mean, I, so I, my husband had COVID and so we, I kind of, I didn't have it. Luckily I didn't contract it. Um, and luckily we have enough space to where he pretty much had his side of the house and I had my side of the house. It's kind of how it worked. But, um, you know, it's not the worst thing, but it is pretty, it is pretty harsh. And the thing is, it's like, if you're not generally healthy, you know, it, it, it can kill you. And, um, after the aftermath is the worst part. I mean, he didn't have to use an inhaler or anything. He's he's now like asthmatic. Oh, right. Yeah. So and I already have asthma, so I'm not even trying to get COVID right. with asthma. Right, and I do too. That's why I'm like, if I had, I probably would be on a ventilator. I have terrible, I have shitty lungs. Yeah. Well, and there's there's just no telling about it. It's like some people get it hard, some people don't. You know, some people. Right appear to be young and healthy and get it bad. And some people, you know, old and infirm or have health problems and they get it real bad, but like you're taking a chance just by getting it. And it's a virus. That means, you know, it's not going away. They're not necessarily going to ever find a cure for it. You never know what kind of health problems are down the road. You know, it's hard to not have our podcast every week and talk a little bit about COVID, you know, cause it's just right. so prevalent in our lives and especially in what we do, you know, it's a, I've, I mean, we, I've been, out of work for eight months now it's like i haven't bartended at all in eight months you know like it's hard to not like talk about that and be like this is crazy it is it's crazy how do you feel rusty because I, I feel like i don't even know what the fuck to do anymore i'm like okay wait, oh, yeah be like sometimes i'll like i'll like pull up like drink recipes and stuff just to be like oh let me like make sure i remember how to make all this stuff you know yeah like so I don't even know, I would know what the prices are at my work anymore. Right. For, for me, because like I've I've done it, I've been in and out of the industry for 20 years. So, you know, I took some breaks. I took some like year long breaks, year and a half long breaks, and then would go back to bartending and stuff. It's like riding a bike. You you fall into the old routines and you pick it up again pretty quick. So like there's a little bit of rust to shake off. But for the most part, like you get behind a bar and start talking to people. And that's really what the job's about. You know, it's like, well, they'll teach you how to make the drinks. To me is like, you know how like everyone's kind of just like, okay, you know what? I needed a break from bartending anyway. So like, okay, cool. I miss it now. Like, oh, yeah. I'm like, I miss being at work. I miss being awake until four in the morning. I miss like fighting with people i miss you know like whatever it is i'm just kicking people out i miss finding the one person like the you know the woo girl bachelorette party and even though they're so annoying i i miss having fun at work and like enjoying being there yeah i miss the fun part too i realized like my life i mean bar excuse me bartending for me was like being social yeah so i i bartended for one week before COVID. So I had the baby at my daughter in December. And then like the pretty much like the weekend, I don't know, it was like March 15th or something like that. Like that week when they started shutting things down or when Trump declared a national emergency, I had bartender for two days. And I was so disappointed because I was like broke because I hadn't worked in like four months. And I was like, oh man, I really need this money, blah, blah, blah. And then it was like, boom. 
you yeah. know, and then I didn't get the unemployment for like four months or something like that. Right. So it was, it was, it was rough. It was, it was definitely a, a, a rough ride for sure. You know, it's, and it still is like, I still don't have a job. I haven't worked. Well, I feel like I haven't worked nearly so enough in unemployment to live off of. Then my unemployment is not enough. Like, because I hadn't worked since November, I didn't really have a job I could like report my actual income to. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because I was on maternity leave, and you know you don't really get maternity leave when you're on when you're a bartender. You know you just stop fucking working. Yep. So um, I didn't have any way to to report like how much money I actually could make. So I just got the bare minimum. So it's like a hundred bucks a week or something. So like, what the fuck? Oh. I can't do shit with that. <laughs> like, I can't yep, that's exactly what I'm getting. It's like insane how you know four hundred dollars a month. My rent is nine hundred dollars a month. Right. Yeah. You know, like what the hell? What am I supposed to be doing with that? Like hundred dollars, hundred dollars a week. I'm mad if I go in and work a Friday night and make a hundred dollars. Like that's not enough for one night. (laughs) One night, and and that's a big problem. And we've talked about it before on the show with the whole system of the restaurant industry, the bar industry. Is it's like you've got these people that oh well, we don't have to pay them jack because they're making so much in tips. Like these guys are killing it. Blah blah blah. But they also don't offer any kind of benefits and they don't offer any kind of like there's no union for any kind of job protection. So it's when you look at the big picture of being a bartender and a server, unless you're real good with your money and like saving and spending in the right places and like setting up your own kind of, you know, you're paying for your own health care and you're doing this and you're saving into a 401k. So it's not a good job. Like it's not a good, good job unless you find a place where you can make like. 50, 60 grand a year at it, 70 grand a year. And you're real good with that money. And it's so steady that like, okay, now I can pay my bills and I can pay for this. I've always found that like, I'll make good money in the bar industry, but I'll still be living week to week, hand to mouth, you know, like, oh, that's because I'm just like, oh, I'm going to work next weekend and I'll have money so I can spend the money I have right now. You Part of I mean? it is well, is discipline. Two weeks to get money, and I know how much money I'm getting in two weeks. It's like I have to wait until next weekend, and then I could make five hundred dollars. I could make a thousand dollars. Right. So, but I know that I'm gonna make something. You know. So I come from like a a different background when it comes to bartending. So I my my pretty I started bartending in um in DC. And I worked from like the high end nightclubs to like the high end like cocktail bars to like the divey bars or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you're a bartender in that general neck of the woods, you're making at least sixty thousand dollars a year. That's yeah. just how it goes. And bartending is treated like a um like a career. It's not just it's not like a shitty job. I feel like here Detroit and I don't, no shade, no harm, but like here in Detroit, people just treat it like it's just like some shitty job. And in a sense, it kind of is because people don't make as much money as you would living in a larger city. You know, yeah. people aren't used there. People aren't making fifty, sixty thousand $60,000. It's not like right. you can't really earn, uh, you can't live well. You can't live like a doctor or a lawyer or whatever here and bartend, you know? So, and that, that was kind of what like rocked my world a little bit when I got here because I came from an area where you know, it's, it's high, very competitive to bartend. Um, everywhere you're making money. I mean, like you're not making as much, like I've, I've worked at a place where I'm making like the minimum I'm making is like 200 on a closing or something like that. But I've also worked at the place where I'm making like 900 on a closing. So it's right. like, 
you, you know, but, but even making $200 on a closing on a weekday is still really fucking good. Yeah. You know? right. it's, it's, it's still not bad. So it's like, it's competitive in that way because the income is there. And so everyone does their job. Like everyone is like doing their job to perfection, you know, like right. we're, we're all hustling and bustling and we're all trying to make money. And then when I get to Detroit and I'm just like working with other bartenders, it's just kind of like a shock to my system a little bit. I'm like, y'all don't want to, you don't want to talk to people. You don't want to move fast. You want to like serve people like spoiled old fruit and shit. Like, come on. Don't you want to make some fucking money? Right. <laughs> just, you know, it just, it was just really hard adjustment. And then of course, you know, I'm not, I don't want to be like an asshole, know-it-all bartender. We all know one of those, those Matt Spanish, whatever, you know, the ter- <laughs> yeah, like nobody wants to be that fucking bartender. So, you know, I'm always trying my best not to like be a know-it-all or like tell people what to do or anything. That's just, that's not even in my personality really. Like, it's just like, that's not what I want to do, but it's like, I, I also want to make money. We're all on the same team. Yeah. Like, you know, we all should be on the same program. So that was definitely a really hard adjustment coming here from working in DC and then coming to Detroit. And it, that's what honestly has turned me off here. Like I wouldn't, I don't want to bartender in, in Detroit. I don't want to bar unless like I'm working a special event or something like that. I don't know. And and I'm making five, $600. I could, I could deal with that. But like consistently, unless I'm, I'm making like 50, $60,000 a year. No, I'm not dealing it's- with it. It's, it's just, not, it's just not it. to me. It's just not worth all the bullshit that comes along with it. If one hundred percent, and I found that, and you know, unfortunately, I stuck in bartending. I didn't. I didn't move anywhere. You know, I know people who live in Chicago and bartend and make great money. You know, like you said, DC, other you know, bigger major cities, or like <clears throat> Orlando. You know, if you work at one of the corporate restaurants in Orlando, like you're killing it. It's just it's busy right. all the time. I mean, we're talking pre-COVID here, but still, right. you can make a career out of it because you're. You you know that like the worst shift you're gonna have all week is two hundred bucks. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like here it's just way too inconsistent. Like you're at mm-hmm. a spot and it's hot and it's popping and like everybody's there and you're making great money. And then the next thing you know, it's not the flavor of the month anymore and nobody's showing up at your bar. And or it's just like, you know. you know, when you're like relying off of having DJs and stuff, a lot of these places that have like big name DJs that come through and it's like you know, one night you have a sellout DJ, you're going to be yep. ramped, you're going to make a crap ton of money. But then tomorrow night you have some, you know, local cat and he only brings his 20 friends and that's about it. And you've got seven bartenders behind the bar. Right. You know, like it really depends on, on like what's happening and whether or not people are out that night. And if there's any other competing shows, because, you know, I work at like nightclubs and stuff. So it's like, if there's another place also having, an event is our event better than theirs or not you know yeah well it's an oversaturated market in detroit as well you know it's not as big a city as it needs like all these bars and restaurants so there's so many choices for the consumers to go out and like what are we doing this saturday night you know like right. uh, we're not going to the same old spot we're going to go check out this new place or check out that place and whatever and they can't all be crazy popular and busy and packed all the time so something's got to fall by the wayside yeah it yeah. uh and even 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 the like liquor industry here is like they compete with one another too, because it's like everyone's promoting to the same group. Cause it's only, it's, I feel like it's like a set group here in Detroit that actually go out. And it's like this, yeah. I see the same faces all the time. 
it's rarely new faces. It's like the same people who keep going out and they frequent, you know, I don't know, like five different bars in their circle or whatever. But, um, you know, the brands here <clears throat> are even competing for the same pool of people. Like, I, it's even, like it, just comparing the, the liquor industry, DC industry to the one here in Detroit, it's like um, brands actually work together in, in, in DC. Like all the liquor reps, because there was just so much. There was just, it was just so much going on. Um, that everyone, like you, you could have two brands at one event and then the liquor reps are friends and stuff like that, you know, right. and it, and it was cool. Um, but here it's like, just my experience of working with a couple of people, like they talk so much trash about each other. They're undermining each other for events. Like it, it's just, it's crazy. I'm like, wait, there's enough. I mean, I guess it's not enough f- food for everybody to eat. I'm assuming, I guess that's why everyone is like that here, but you know, it's it's crazy because I, I don't feel like I feel like there's it's so saturated here. It is very saturated with just like and it's not enough people here and not enough disposable income for the stuff that's here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. And, and you know, so I, I struggled along with it for a long time. I don't know if, if I'm ever going to go back to, to Detroit bartending or not figure something out and stuff even after covid but like i you know i know people that they got into serving in restaurants and bartending and stuff when they were real young like 18 19 20 when a lot of people get into it and i was kind of late to the game but then like a couple good friends of mine they moved down to miami in the 90s and bartended down there and i was like that's like a gold mine you know what i mean like you got you got in in miami in the 90s like like (laughs) they were making 100 110 a year you know easy Mm -hmm like easy money yeah just, man you know that's the market that you want to be in right you just got i mean sometimes you can find those places where you can work for the whole summer and then you can just like take off the winter time like i kind of sometimes i hope for that job like if there's there's ever like a waterfront situation that ever happens in detroit i'm definitely gonna be trying to get into that like, yeah i'll be working a double for three months straight and then like yeah. take care of my daughter for the rest of the winter or whatever and just chill you know, I think it's it's definitely possible to like, you know, come up like fifty, sixty thousand in the summertime if if you can. I don't know if that can happen here, but if that ever happens, sign me up. Whoever's watching this, if you right, whoever, whoever's up. opening up some waterfront restaurant property, <laughs> ten year veteran bartender right here, get him a job. That's, yeah, that's honestly what it's all about. Like I've always said, if I if I were to ever own my own bar, I would want something on a lake that had a lot of lake people on it, you know, a lakeside bar. And then you, you start off with that with like live music and, and whatever, and all the, you know, you have a dock so that you can have girls in bikinis, like selling to the boats and stuff like that. And then once you've made enough money, you put in a gas station next door too, with like a dock for that. So people can pull their boat in and fill up with gas and all that kind of stuff. And then just go like, yeah, you got a bar, you got a gas station, all in one kind of thing. And you just, it's a license to print money, you know, because lake right. people, they've got disposable income. They're already out on the boat all weekend long. They want a right. place to go and stuff like that. <clears throat> you sell them all their, their beer to, and liquor to stock their boat up and uh, and you're good to go. But other than that, I don't want to own my own liquor. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm on the fence of whether I want to own my own place or not. I, I don't know. I haven't. I mean, I've, I've, I've done so much in the industry and I just, I've just seen how hard it is, you know, to like keep things consistent. Like 
you know, things going bad, things get thrown away. It's just so much waste. And like, you know, I just, I don't know. It's, I, you know, it's it's a tough decision to make. And, you know, some of the the successful bars that I know of were owned by rich people. You know, right. they like they don't need the they're not oh, they're not owning the bar because they need the money. They're owning the bar because it's something cool to do. And it's a place where they can hang out with their friends and blah, blah, blah. And, and they make good money, too, at it. But no, the ones that like scrimp and save and mortgage their house and put their blood, sweat and tears into it, it eventually fails. Like, that's just the way it goes around here. It sucks. Right. I guess yeah. I'm sure there's exceptions to the story, but you know, for for oh, the most sure. part, I've I've seen it happen too often to to want to put my blood, sweat, and tears, and you know, take out a bunch of loans from my friends to own my own place. I right. wanted to uh, own my own bar for a really long time until I became the general manager of a bar where, like, I worked directly underneath the owner and not like a different manager, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was like. No, thanks. Too much work, too much stress, you know? Yeah. Too much. Too many things that can go wrong. I was doing, I was working all day, every day, and I wasn't even doing half of the stuff he was doing. Yeah. You know? I mean, if you're an owner, should really just like kind of pass everything on to the GM and the owner. I feel like if you own a business, you know, as a restaurant. Just step away, then yeah. Yeah. But if you're trying to save by, you know, uh, taking care of most of the stuff that somebody else would be taking care of. And then having your GM basically be like your assistant. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Yeah. That's right. what happens with a lot of the mom and pop places, which is too bad because those are the people that I like to work for. They're passionate about it. They love it. They, you know, again, their heart is, is in it and stuff a little bit, uh, a little bit more than the, the rich people who, who just kind of like, Oh, well, this is my club. I, I own a bar now, you know? What to do? Right. No big deal. I've never I'm gonna hire somebody before, to... but I own one now. Yeah, right. That's the those are the people who kill me. It's like you've never fucking done this, right? <laughs> how yeah. does that even work? You don't know. Yeah, shit. how do you tell me how to do my job if you've never even done my job before? Right. Like I don't expect people to like you know have been like an industry vet necessarily, but damn, at least need you to know like you know how to make a fucking Cosmo or something, you know. Well, <laughs> well, not e- not even the bartender. I'd rather I'd rather they just know because, like, I worked for a guy and he was super nice. He was a really great guy, and he bought this like really cool looking spot. It had it had just like a good vibe to it, but it was in the middle of a strip mall, so it was in an awkward place. And in the strip mall was an established bar, like right down the, at the other end of the strip mall, that like did big business. And he was just kind of like the small in between thing, and it was like he bought it from somebody, and they had the idea, and they dressed it up, but it failed with them. And it was like he came in knowing absolutely nothing about the restaurant industry, and it's like, dude, that's that's not a recipe for success. That's a recipe for disaster. Right. And he hired my buddy as GM, but then he handcuffed him every time he tried to make a decision, and was like look, man, like you need to rethink this, you know, like, do you just want to own a cool place where you can go hang out with your friends? Then if you want to do that, turn over like a hundred percent of it to your GM and let him like choose the style, choose the food, hire the chefs, hire the bartenders. Like you need to, to distance yourself from it some more. You can't be like half in and half out on this. It doesn't work that way. It ended up just he couldn't figure out what he wanted the place to be. And he was trying to do different food and different drink specials. And it's like, 
eventually it just, it, it kind of went under and sold to another place and turned into another place. And by then I was long gone, but I was like, it's a shame. Cause it's a really cool little spot. You probably could have done something great with it. <laughs> I've had a lot of interesting, like just working with owners and then like a manager. So, um, I, I have, so I do have a business. It is, I do event planning. I do, I hand, handle freelance events. So like I'll do things from like a bar crawl or like, um, I don't know, artist launch party or just like a paint and sip, like something fun for like young people to do pretty much. Like a lot of the age groups I focus on are anywhere between like 25 to 35. But um, last year I did an event for the CIAA, which is a um, basketball tournament. It usually is hosted in Charlotte. This year it's in Baltimore, but um, I was communicating with the owner about it, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the party that I'm hosting and the event planner kind of gets in between it. And it's like, so it's obvious that the owner wants me to have this party there. And the event planner is trying to charge me something like way different than the owner is telling me. It's just like, there's this, this huge gap and like communication right. between them. and uh, I ended up just not hosting the event there. And it was crazy because it was like, we were communicating for two months and then they had like taken so long to get back to me about everything. And like, there was all these discrepancies and mistakes and all this kind of stuff that I ended up losing like some prime marketing positions for me to like actually promote my event. So it was kind of like without those spots, it's like, why the fuck am I going to do this? I'm like, I'm not going to make any money. So right. I ended up like telling them I can't move forward with it anymore. And it was just really frustrating because it's like, because he, the owner was just so involved. Yeah. And he should have just taken a step back and let her handle it. Yep. You know? Yeah. And I found that a couple of different times with, with different owners that it's like, man, this place would be great if you wouldn't be so hands-on, you know, it's like, you're the owner come in and just like schmooze everything. Don't, you know, when, when you, when you get in there and try and stir the pot and you're trying to be the chef and the bartender and the manager and all that stuff, they're like, no, that's why you hire good people to do those jobs and you let them do their job. Get out of their way. Right. Step it on toes. Ah, well. <clears throat> yeah, we know. We, we, we know the stories and we, we've all, so we're all vets here. I mean, we've been in the industry for a while. Sounds like each one of us. Oh Yeah. And that's the thing is I, I can't stand when people are like a, a manager comes in and they're just like dictating everything and standing over you and making sure you do it right and all that stuff. And it's just like, I can do it and you can come in here and tell me if I did something wrong and I'll change it. But, you know, just standing over me, like you might as well just do it. Right. right. You know, don't, like why? Don't why suffocate me. <laughs> right. Oh, something that's the general is like a surefire way to, to lose some really good quality employees. Oh, absolutely. I because I'll be gone, I will walk out of the place. I've definitely had my fair shares of walking out of places. Well, okay, well, I only did it one time. I did, I did, I did walk out of one of my jobs one time, but you know, I'm what sure was, you the is real in the in the yeah i want to know what what was your last straw chrissy like what pushed you over there i should be like you know what fuck this i'm out <laughs> um my manager had walked behind me facing forward like behind the pos in the bar and we had like this much space you know yeah. how it's like that little gap and sure. he walked forward and like his penis basically touched my ass and i just wasn't having it anymore i was just like you know what fuck it and then he would hire all these like drug addict stripper bitches and stuff that he was sleeping with you know it's like you know i'm just fucking oh yeah 
he knew what he was doing when he squeezed behind you is what you're saying oh absolutely (laughs) fucking knew what he was doing i was just i was just over it i'm just tired of it you know that's what he is no that's I, I believe, I honestly, because people will say, like, you should never just, like, walk off a job and quit. No, there's reasons why you can absolutely and absolutely should do that. And that's one of them. Like, blatant sexual harassment like that, grinding up against you as they're walking by, that's, you know, that's something that's that's not tolerable. And right. Shouldn't be. So, good for you. I'm glad you shared that story with us. Um, yeah. I don't, think, I don't think I've ever walked off a job. Yeah, I have, but not in, not in this industry. I quit. I was a mover for a while. I worked for a moving company and one day in the middle of the summer I'd had enough. And so I did like half the job. I had to do two jobs and I did one of them and I came back and gave him my clipboard and he's like, so you're not going to do the other job. And I'm like, no, man, I'm gone. I can't do this anymore. But I, it's funny, too, because I did for like a year and a half, but I don't know what it was about that day. I just I had had my fill. I was like, I don't want to move another goddamn for this is insane. I can't do it anymore. Uh, but usually, like what I'll do is I'll work at a bar or restaurant and I'll hate it so much that I'll get fired from bitching about it too much. Right. So, you know, it's like instead of just quitting or giving my two weeks and going and finding something else. I'll just be like, God, this place sucks so bad. This place sucks so bad. And finally, they're like, well, if you hate it so much, like, you're fired. <laughs> and I'm like, right. That, 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 no, that, that happens quite often. They don't like anyone who's just, like, spoils the bunch, you know? And honestly, I almost always hate all, all my bartending jobs. Like, almost, <laughs> probably, like, 90% of the time, I think I've hated all my fucking jobs. But yeah. I would like show I think but I think we all did. I feel like everybody hated their job. Like, you know, sometimes you want to go do stuff with your friends on the weekends, but then you know, you don't want to miss out making that, you know, extra five, six hundred dollars, you know, that's like your rent money or whatever. And you, you know, you're dealing with people's bullshit, people are assholes to you. You want to drink, you can't you sit there and watch people get drunk when you want to be drunk yourself. You know, it's like it, it's it's rough. I, like I said, I feel like, uh, you know, I've hated most of my jobs because of that. And I've had jobs where you can drink and I still hate that too. It's like, yeah. cause then you get fucked up. You get so fucking wasted. Like, I don't even think I can't, I'm not a responsible drinker. I'm not going to lie. I'm not, I'm a fucking terrible <laughs> drinker. I drink, drink. I will fucking drink. I can drink a whole goddamn liter to like over the course of the night and be okay. And actually like, be legend you know you can actually understand what the fuck i'm saying like and and when you're working like that it's really tough man like it's just like oh you know you ever work somewhere where it's like you drink so much on the job and then it's hard to work there sober because you're so used to drinking so much (laughs) i don't know man so the worst is i was working at a place where like they were totally cool with us drinking on the job and then it got abused too much so they're like all right we're cutting it out and it's like, well, number one, half of you, like 90% of your staff are, are raging alcoholics and they can't work without alcohol now, you know? So like you've given us this, you know, you got us addicted to this stuff, uh, to working like this, and now we can't do it at all. So of course everybody's doing it. And then they would have their favorites and some people would get away with it and other people wouldn't. And it was like how well you can hold it. And I'm the same. Like if I start drinking and like, I get a couple shots in me, I can't hold my liquor. I'm not good. Like I'm not going to throw up, but I'll just, I'll start getting obnoxious and I'll drop a glass and I'll break a bottle. And do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to be fucked up. I'm going to be I'll be fucked up. And you can tell that I'm (laughs) fucked up. Like everybody else is, everybody else is blackout wasted and they're talking to you straight to your face and you can't even tell they're drunk. 
me, I'm like, ah, I'm fine. Like, let me get back there. I'll, I'll keep making drinks. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, I used to, man, like one of the places where I worked, we used to get so fucked, so drunk. Oh my gosh. It was just like, it was just like a drink fest. We would work, the, our shift would start at three o'clock and we would get off at like 5 a.m. But pretty much the moment we get there, we do our like beginning shot. Like, okay, we got to get over, you know, it's like, you know, hair of the dog or whatever. And then we're drinking at like, I don't know, like eight or nine o'clock. That's when it's go time. And it's like, we were drinking, drinking, like, I don't know, like every hour on the hour, we're taking like three or four shots. I don't know. It was just like how it was, man, you know, and I was definitely the worst one. I was, I, I think I was, I'm probably like the, the worst one, like, cause it was kind of a small like club group or whatever. But I was also like their highest grossing bartender out of the whole company. So they kind of were like, you know, whatever. But I used to get fucking like I got so drunk one time. I remember I cussed the owner out like that's how bad it was. So, you know, I'm not and I'm not trying to brag. It was actually is a terrible, <laughs> terrible habit to get into. So like when places actually allow you to drink, I don't even want to work there. I don't even like working at places it's, where I can drink. It's too dangerous. Yeah, no, it's yeah. too dangerous. I'm gonna do some. I'm gonna do some stupid shit. I know. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna do some. I'm gonna get too drunk. I'm gonna do something stupid. I'm gonna get fired, or I'm gonna cut somebody out, or whatever. Or you know, it's just. It's just not gonna be a good combination. I mean, mind you, I'll be there. I, that won't happen for a good couple of years. I mean, I can ride out on a bar job. Like I was working at this one place for like four years before, you know, I ended up stopped working there. But I was, you know, drunk, drunk all the time. But I'm just like I. I don't even want to work at a place I'll let me drink because I know it's like mistakes happen and stuff. So, you know. Oh, I know I don't have like, a lot of self-control when it comes to stuff like that. So. It, it takes a real special, it takes a real special person to be able to do it. Like, oh yeah. Especially so if I'm you know. like, people are buying me shots and I'm just right. going like, my sales are going through the roof and I know that I look like I'm fucking the best bartender and I'm like, you know, obviously basically everyone's riding on my sales, you know? Right. Yeah. But, and you're making money, you're having fun. Yeah. Hanging yeah. out with my regulars. Right. You're a little drunk, but it's okay. You know, Right. I can always, my drawers never off and I can always count my cash at the end of the night and everything's right. fine. You yeah. know, I'm the same way. I'm the Should same I way. drive home? Probably not. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, Yep. <laughs> well, again, like that, the alcohol loosens you up a little bit. You're funnier when, at least, you seem funnier in your own head when you're drunk. You know what I mean? You probably mm. not everybody sounds the same, but like I'm always, you know, the life of the party when I got three shots in me, and then like a total nightmare when I've got ten shots in me. So it's, you know, right. how are you going to tell Remy to only like you can drink at work, but only do three shots? I'm like, right? right well, yeah. No. You not be drinking more than three shots, Rims begins. Exactly. <laughs> after a while, my managers were like, okay, you can't start drinking until after midnight. I was like, all right, right. cool. <laughs> but then I'm going to take like, do a lot of damage in two hours. Oh, yeah. I would drink the fucking... Okay, you know, there was another time where I walked out one of my jobs. I forgot about this. There was this place. It was on the waterfront. It was this huge establishment. It was a locally owned place or whatever. And... um I was working, I remember I was a leasing consultant during the day and then I was working there at night. So I was working like two or three days a week, closing during the weekdays. And um, I was making like 60 fucking dollars on a closing shift, like because they over, they would overstay the, um, 
they, they were overstaffed because like the kitchen was really fucked up. So like they just thought they needed to have more staff on because to keep up with like the orders and stuff. It didn't really, they didn't, they didn't know what the fuck they were doing because it didn't make any sense to staff more bartenders if the kitchen is fucked up, you know? Right. So, um, we weren't making any money. Like I'm working with like seven bartenders on like a Tuesday or, or a Wednesday. Like who the fuck does that? You know? Um, and so my last straw was, um, I like, like I said, I made like 60 bucks on a Tuesday I had just came from working my nine to five. I'm getting off at like 1 a.m. I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. So I like, I grab a fucking bottle of like McAllen 28 and like a bottle of Pappy. And me and um, me and my bartender friend, we were just there. We just started fucking drinking that shit. We just <laughs> like grabbed the glass and sat on the bar. We were just like, you know what? Fuck this place. And we were just drinking <laughs> that shit. We like, we didn't drink all of it, but we made a sizable dent in those bottles. And we're just like, Five. I know. <laughs> never came back yeah i i think i that's how i left uh i was working at fishbones downtown detroit way back in the day like early 2000s and uh and and i decided i had had enough it was time to, to move on and so i i told my manager and was like yeah this uh, this is gonna be my last shift like i'm i'm quitting and he's like well all right cool you know like <laughs> So go ahead and he's like, I go ahead and have a drink. You know, it's your last shift. I really don't care. Like, you know, we're not going to fire you. You get to, but then I had like a couple of drinks and he's like, all right, so, you know, now if you're going to drink, you got to come out from behind the bar. <laughs> like if you're quitting, you're quitting. But like a little goes a long way kind of thing. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, yeah. No regrets. No, I don't have any regrets. When I look back on things, I actually laugh at myself. I'm like, I don't believe I did that shit. Like I probably, they probably could have sued me for all the shit that I drank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real, for real. Yeah, all the shit I got away with. I'm actually in the middle of a lawsuit with one of my um places where I work because they weren't um they weren't paying us overtime, and so um I'm owed a lot of money. So and then they were also like taking some of our tips and giving the tips or taking um the event coordinator's commission money and um giving it to her, get, taking our tips. So that's a whole thing, which is totally illegal. So. Yep. What? Well, good luck. I hope you get that money that's coming. To yeah, you. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna get it. I, I'm fairly positive. So, I mean, there's all kinds of like the DC restaurant laws are actually like they're for the the employees are like pro employee. So, like it's by law they have to have, you have to have sick leave. Um, you can't pay for your uniforms if you um. If you launder your own, like if you're required to um, launder your own uniform, you have to get paid 15 cents more an hour. Like they didn't do like any good of- stuff. Yeah, I know. It's great. Right. And they didn't do any of those things. And so um, I didn't honestly, I didn't know about any of these things while I was working for them. And my lawyer is like, yeah, did you know this, this, this? And I was like, no. So like, hey, run me that fucking money. I, I, I'm not, I'm unemployed right now. Right. So, Be perfect yeah. timing. Right, exactly. It'd be perfect timing if they were, like cut me a check, and then it's like my taxes are all fucked up because of them too. It's like it's a whole mess. So, I mean, you know, I, this was a place where I was making like one hundred and fifty thousand a year. Like I worked with them for like two and a half years. I was making a lot of fucking money, but wow. they were just like doing us so dirty in the back. You know, like they were taking money. They're just they were making two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. Huh. Like you should have been making two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should have been making a lot more. Like, I, I could have been making a lot more money. Like, I'm pretty sure 
there are nights where I could have made like a thousand dollars or twelve hundred dollars or whatever, but instead I'm getting making like nine, you know, even though it's still right. great, don't get me wrong, but I know that they were taking money off the top. Um, they were also charging taking money of our tips for the um the credit card um fee um, fees, yeah, which is illegal in DC too. Yeah, you can't do that shit. So do that in Michigan either. So yeah that, yeah, that sounds like a pretty common should be illegal everywhere kind of thing. And, well, and that's that's another thing about our industry is like you go to work for somebody, you have to trust a lot of people above you. You know, you've got to trust your management team um, to, you know, I don't like when somebody else counts my drawer, you know, no. Uh, Fuck no. but no, sometimes sometimes you work in a nightclub setting where there's like, you know, 10 or 12 drawers and everybody's in them or different people are in them and stuff like that. And so counting drawer, I've, I've worked at places where I'm like, look, I'm immaculate with my drawer, like down to the penny, almost everything. I just, I don't make change mistakes. I count the money twice before I give it back to people. I make mm-hmm. sure I look at the bill and I'm not going so fast that I'm not looking and going, Oh, that's a 20, not a 10, blah, blah, blah. Right. Those right. kind of things. So I know I'm not making uh, dumb mistakes, but had had places be like, Hey, this drawer is off. And I'm like, well, you better look at, you know, Jim, Bob and Tim over there that were all in the drawer too. Cause it wasn't just me. So but yeah, there's a lot of trust has to go into, you know, everybody on every level and stuff like that. I've heard of places where managers got fired for skimming tips and for skimming off the top and, you know, adjusting drawers and making, you know, doing, doing funky things. They're playing by shady rules and like, you don't even get to see them do it. You know, I'm not sitting over their shoulder watching them count everything down at the end. Right. Of the you know, what pisses right. off about a lot of times with that is when, cause the companies usually sue those managers and then it's like the money that they were stealing nine times out of 10 wasn't from the establishment. It was from the employees. And it's right. like, we never get that money back. We don't ever get in on those, those lawsuits. It always pisses me. I was like, and I've asked questions. I've been, a, I've been involved with stuff or been around a thieving manager. that took my tips and they're like, yeah, there's nothing we can do or some shit, you know? Right. Yeah. It's always some lame excuse. <laughs> yeah. Some bullshit. It's always some bullshit, you know? It's, it is. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, well, you know, and I think that's that's kind of like what gets us all after 10 years or so fed up with it. Unless you find a great place where you're making good money, you feel like family, you feel like you're treated right and fairly and stuff like that. We do get burned out on this industry because it's like they, you know, they kick you when you're down and they expect you to work when you're sick. And there's, you know, there's a lot of bullshit. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of standing on your feet. (laughs) There's a lot of alcoholics. There's a lot of people with, you know, there's a lot of people with issues that you're working alongside. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I've met, I've, I've met some, some people that are like, man, you really need some serious counseling. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. We all do really. (laughs) Hell yeah, man. It's crazy. It's like, you know, bartenders, the money making potential is definitely there, but it's like the people with like the fucking worst, like it's just some fucking shitty people. I know it just sounds terrible, but it's like, no, I've worked with some shitty people, man. Like it's just, it's, it's rough. You know, I've, I've seen some shitty people. I've worked for some shitty people. Yep. I've had shitty ass customers. Like any bartender, you know, that they, they go through it always. Mm-hmm. Always. No, we, we, we all, it's, you know, you ha- there, there has to be like a level of like energy work or like meditation you have to practice because 
it's almost like you work in like the devil's layer sometimes, you know, you, it's, it's alcohol. People are just like being wild. Their inhibitions are gone. Like, you, you know, you can, you know, take on and, and latch onto some of that negativity and it can, and, and, and it'll, it'll fuck with you. you Absolutely. Know? Like, I used to have to like, you know, a lot of the money I spent was on like getting massages and shit and like, doing things to like get myself back to, to recalibrate myself, to be normal and be happy. Cause I felt myself being miserable a lot of the times. Like, you know, and I'm, I'm working next to someone who's a fucking borderline drug addict, you know, crazy person or whatever. And, you know, I have like, I gotta keep my eye on drug dealers in my club. Cause they're fucking slipping shit in girls drinks and stuff like that, you know? And then, you know, and you have your your manager in your ear or whatever. It's just it's just a lot going on, and you know, as bartenders, we have to take that time to to recalibrate ourselves and just like woosah and and you know those those like two days that you get to rub together to be off are like super duper important. And it's like those two days you want to use to like take care of your laundry and do your normal shit, but it's hard sometimes when you're just like bogged down with like all this shit you know absolutely oh, oh my like god i need to be able to take care of all that stupid stuff like cleaning my house and you know doing my laundry and catching up with dishes and just having time to myself to like do things that i like to do like watch the shows i want to watch or play mm-hmm. the game or play or read a fucking book but also i want a social life mm-hmm. yeah. so i want to like go out and hang out with my friends and all that stuff and it's like really hard because I I like find myself being like I miss being home and then the days when I'm home I'm like well this is my opportunity to go do something or (laughs) I can't until another week from now you know well and hey you know you mentioned two days like you're lucky if you can find a place where you get two days off in a row right you know like so many times it's like oh you get Monday and Thursday off or you know like we'll give you Sunday off but then you've got to you know be back to work Monday and then we'll give you Wednesday off or if your days off switch every week oh my god like you can't get yourself on a regular like every kind of the same schedule every week schedule yeah so yeah I put down with places like I if I understand like the whole set schedule thing when you're working in a place where like it's a seniority based. Uh, yeah, I, I do understand that a little bit, but it's like, I need two days. If I don't have two days to rub together, I'm going to be no good as a bartender. I'm going to be a bitch. Yeah. I'm just going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to be cranky and, and irritable. I need two days to like recalibrate and get my life together. Like I want to come home and, and clean my shit. So I enjoy being home when I am home, you know, I want to go see my friends. I want to have sex, shit, you know, like yeah. all the things. <laughs> like I just want to exactly. Live life, well, so. and and again, all that kind of stuff it plays into that. Like if you only get one day off, and then you got to go back to work for a couple of days, and then you get another day off, like your body doesn't have a chance to recuperate and stuff, huh. and so you're not getting the rest you need, and and you you do get cranky, and then I'll be the one who's cranky working next to somebody who's like gung ho and ready to go, and it's like, oh, this is gonna suck tonight. Like you know, right. we're not gonna be busy. <laughs> customers are gonna suck don't you love that you're starting a shift nobody's in the place yet and somebody's like it's gonna suck tonight like oh my god shut up you're right you're killing the vibe before it even starts right i've definitely i'm like i've definitely been that person i don't get my days Me too. off yeah i've definitely have been that person i'm like fuck this place this shit is so fucking dumb blah, 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 blah. you know and then and it's like five of you guys sitting around for like an hour doing nothing 
Oh God, like, I don't miss that at all. Oh, God, I don't either. And crazy. I hated being that person because oh. usually, like, when somebody else is that person, I'm like, "Hey, come on, it's gonna be great," you know. Like, and I'll tell them a joke and I'll make them laugh and we'll have some fun and like it's gonna be great, man. Come on. But there's times when I'm just like, "Oh yeah, I'm over this. This fucking sucks. This is great." Right. Ugh. Well, right. listen, Chrissy, our time has flown by. This hour went by like super quick and it's been, right. it's been awesome. It's been really cool to like catch up with you and hang out yeah. with you and share some stories of like your time grinding in the fucking business. Like that's what it's all about, man. Like we're kindred spirits, all of us, all of us bartenders and servers. Oh, absolutely. It's a brotherhood. Folks, you know, and we recognize one another when we meet. I knew, I knew right away when I met you, I was like, Chrissy. Oh yeah, cool me one. too. I was like, he's cool. like oh my god they hired a cool one they were telling me that so much i got sick of hearing it i was like jesus who they've been hiring at this place lately and i was like oh yeah then i then i saw i met some of them (laughs) i told you man detroit doesn't have the 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 yeah you know it's all good we're not gonna talk shit about them i don't need to kick them while they're down oh Uh, yeah i wish them all the best of luck you know yeah yeah, me too i don't wish any ill will any establishment no, nope, no, nope. or even the people that I didn't like there. It's like oh, we didn't vibe. That's okay, you know. It's like better <laughs> luck somewhere else. Yeah, you know, I, I, there's plenty of people I don't like, and there's plenty of people who don't like me either. Yeah, so, but exactly. Like two each yeah. their own. Well, right. listen, you've got an op- you've got an open invitation to come back on here and promote whatever kind of stuff you got going on. Like, do you have any events planned for right now? Yeah. So, well, um, my 2021 is what I'm planning for now. So I have something that I've been working on. I'm really excited about. So I want to do a, um, a fashion show that promotes Detroit luxury brands. So the idea is to, you know, do an actual fashion show. I want to work with at least 10 different brands. Um, and then to also do a, like, um, what's the word? I like a mock, um, car setup to where you like walk in and then you see all these like luxury cars and you can take pictures with the cars and shit. And then you get to the actual, you know, the runway and, and, and see the fashion show. So, um, I think I'm going to call, I'm just going to call it the, the, you know, the luxury fashion show, the Detroit luxury. That's going to be like the name of the event. Um, I'm playing, I'm look I'm looking at the Masonic temple. And um, also the um, Detroit Music Hall as potential venues. Um, I'm planning on like spring 2021, um, but we'll see with this whole COVID situation because well, COVID is yeah, ruining everything. It's, so. it's not going anywhere just because it turns from 2020 to 2021. I'll tell everybody that right now. Well, we'll Anyways. see what the battleground is like. You know, it's like we'll have to see yeah. what the environment is like before. I can like do any sort of mass gathering. So, you know, I'm trying this, uh, this event can bring like, you know, two to uh, three to 500 people. That's the whole point is to do a mass gathering. So, uh, well, listen, right. I, we wish you the best of luck and I hope that Thank everything you. works out for that. But next time you've got something to promote, you just let us know. And we'll have yeah. you on again. We'll get yeah. together and we'll help you get the word out. Lauren, tell, tell our fans and friends where they can get a hold of us, please. If you guys have stories that you want to share with us, any kind of story of being in the bar, working in the bar, hanging out at bars, we don't care. Send us an email of your story. We'll read it online live. Sorry, we're on my phone. And it's at barsidetales at gmail.com. Awesome. Thanks again, Chrissy. It was so great to see you. Thank you for me. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you so much, guys. You're welcome. Everybody have a great week. We'll see you. Bye.